0: What's up guys? Thanks for coming to my YouTube channel. This is Lauren Hardy and I'm here to talk all things virtual wholesaling. Today, we have a great podcast episode with none other than Tag Thompson. Tag Thompson is a great friend of mine, and I'm really excited for you guys to be able to listen to the things that we talk about and listen to some of the things he has to say about virtual wholesaling, some of the struggles, and some really neat things he's introducing to us all in 2020. So listen up, you guys. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. Podcast. I am your host, Lauren Hardy, and if this is your first time listening in, welcome. You are about to experience the number one best wholesaling podcast in the world. If you are already one of our loyal listeners, one of our Rhino Tribe members, welcome back and thank you for tuning in today for a very special episode. Today we have Tag Thompson in the house. Tag is one of the biggest virtual wholesalers in the nation. He's a mentor of mine and also a good friend. Tag, how are you?
1: I'm awesome, Lauren. I'm excited to be here.
0: Awesome. Thanks for coming. So I'll, I'll tell our guests a little bit about you here. Tag Thompson is a successful entrepreneur, economist, and real estate investor. Over the last 20 years, he has started and sold 13 successful businesses. In 2017, Tag left his position as the COO of a $6 billion wealth management firm to pursue real estate investing full-time. Starting a wholesaling business from scratch, he and his partners have made over a million dollars in assignment fees and are now operating operating in seven different cities. Whoa. Tag, big you're pretty time. big time. You're pretty big time, aren't you? I
1: uh, know. Pretty big deal.
0: <laughs> I think so. No. so Tag, Uh, thanks for coming today. Uh, Why don't you get started by telling everybody how you got started in wholesaling back in 2017?
1: Yeah, so I kind of fell backwards into it. I, um, Like you just mentioned, I was working for a wealth management firm. um, And honestly, I got a little burnt out of um, sitting in meetings where Really wealthy people would complain about how they only got a lot more wealthy last year and <laughs> like super wealthy so um, so yeah, that was that was I don't know, it just wasn't my personality. It's not necessarily who I am. I didn't get excited about making like really wealthy people more wealthy. Um, and I'd always really liked real estate and wholesaling in general because you know it's something that people with nothing can can start and actually make a lot of money in. You can start in wholesaling with, um, I mean, just the, the shoes on your feet and knocking on doors if you want to. I mean, there's, um, there's no bottom to it. I mean, any, literally anybody can get into wholesaling and a lot of wealth has been created from this industry. And um, I just love seeing these stories of people who, man, the guys that I got out of prison, you know, I, I came from nothing, didn't graduate high school, and watching these people become six figure earners, you know, within a matter of years just by wholesaling. Um, And I just, I I thought those stories were beautiful. Um, One of my close friends is a real estate investor and he's my current business partner, David Olds. He, um, he kind of taught me everything about wholesaling and real estate in general before I started. And after I left the wealth management firm, I just, man, I went to him and I said like, is there room for me to do this with you at the time he was mainly doing flipping and he he said well you know Chattanooga is pretty small we're pretty tapped out here already um, but let's give it a shot so we tried in Chattanooga for a little while and that did well but we really kind of tapped the market in Chattanooga and that's what led to getting into virtual so that's how I got in
0: Awesome, yeah, no, thank you for giving us that rundown. So you currently live in Chattanooga, and you do some deals in Chattanooga, but you also are in several different cities as well. So what would you say what's your percentage that are you're in Chattanooga?
1: Yeah, we're about fifty percent, uh, sometimes a little bit more. about fifty percent of our deals come from Chattanooga. We've expanded our Chattanooga market a little bit as well, so we're in surrounding areas, mm-hmm. but we're also in Charlotte um, Knoxville Huntsville Birmingham Atlanta there's probably one more I forgot in there but um, yeah we're mainly in the southeast part of the state oh or part gosh. of the US so so yeah working virtually in all those markets and it's going great
0: that's awesome I don't know how you keep that all straight I'm in I, three markets. <laughs> I have I'm in three and I'm like it's you know it's tough to keep yes. it all straight so I don't it know is. how you guys manage seven
1: yeah
0: so that's it, cool it, it, so I never, I don't think I've ever asked you this, but do you do do you flip houses as well, or are you just strictly wholesaling?
1: We don't flip. Uh, that was actually one of our goals last year was to not flip any houses. Right. Uh, so that was one of our goals last year, and we accomplished that one. We don't, and this year we're not going to flip either. We we have figured out that uh, whenever package deals, so multiple property deals, kind of come across our our deck. Um, getting those across the finish line is difficult. So uh, we are gonna start purchasing those, um, putting a little bit of work into them and then selling those on the retail market after the fact. But no traditional flips. That's just, that's not what we're into these days.
0: Right. Okay. Now explain for our listeners why is it a little bit more complicated, you know, when you get a package deal. Are you saying that maybe like a seller has five houses that he wants to unload and the benefit to that seller is you're saying, well, hey, I'll pay all cash, I'll take down all five. So this you're probably gonna negotiate a sweet discount. But now my guess is (laughs) it's hard to find on the disposition side either a buyer to take all of them or you're working with five different buyers. That's my guess is why you were, or you're going that way.
1: Yeah. So you you described it pretty perfectly. And I hate this scenario because when I talk to newer wholesalers, they run into that guy that has 25 rental properties and he says he's interested in selling and they get so excited and you know, this is going to be an awesome deal. And you know, if they get to the point where they put it under contract, um, those deals are incredibly hard to sell. Yeah. Uh, You know, because now you're talking about 25 different sellers, you're talking about 25 different properties that need to be appraised and comped. So, you know, it's at minimum going to be a a package deal of probably one and a half to $7 million. And um, I tell wholesalers this, if you're talking about buyers, in your market, you know, if you've got a million people in your area, um, you know, there's probably five or 10,000 people that have $70,000 that they can spend on a real estate purchase, but -hmm. there might be two that have one and a half million dollars. So your buyer pool gets incredibly small at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a lot of frustration and um, they're, they're very hard to sell. So for that purpose, we buy them. That way we control the deal. There are tenants now and we don't have to try to work with somebody else's tenants you know, we handle all the paperwork ourselves. It's it's our property. So they just make it a lot easier to sell that way. So yeah. that's our, that's our strategy now. But I hate telling new new wholesalers that because they get so excited about those deals. And I feel like I'm popping their balloon every time. It's just,
0: yeah. it's awful. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. So essentially on the disposition side, you're going to hotel them as we call it, right? Yeah. You're not yeah. like HGTV going in there. No. and. No, Whatever. you're just going to get them like you know where they could pass inspections and they're you know livable and.
1: Yeah, if there's vacant ones, you're going to fill the vacant ones. Okay. So that way, it just looks a little more attractive to a buyer. Yeah. Um, okay. Like I said, we can we can put the 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 whole package together to just be more attractive.
0: Where are you getting the money? Yeah. That's a question. For, where where could a wholesaler that doesn't have any money maybe get money for something like this?
1: Yeah, from Tom Kroll and Lauren <laughs> Hardy. And no, um, yeah. there's um, there's a whole industry of, of hard money lenders, private banks. Okay. Uh, we use one called Longhorn to do most of ours. Um, and we have some private investors as well that lend us money for it.
0: Okay, okay. That's cool. Well, it's a next level thing i would say it's not like a beginner strategy for wholesalers but it or for beginning wholesalers but it's just something to think about you know um it's a strategy i don't think we probably have been have uh- talked much about on this podcast. So I'm glad we got to talk about this, Yeah, Um, but we could, let's move on a little bit and talk more about virtual wholesaling, because that's actually what you and I have in common. And that's how you and I met. Um, So for our listeners, we met because we were both TTP students Mm -hmm. and we were just crushing our our, uh, cold calling game together. And I noticed that TAG was a virtual wholesaler and I'm a virtual wholesaler and there wasn't a lot of us out there. So I reached out and said, Hey, let's be friends. We need to talk more. And Tag and I have really, you know, had lots of long discussions about our different, you know, our strategies and how we run our wholesaling businesses virtually with the knowledge that I've gotten, you know, that we've kind of developed together over the few years. Um, I came out with a virtual wholesaling course and a coaching program. Uh, that we are launching for whole, you know, and we're working under wholesaling Inc. And that's why I'm hosting now. So super exciting, but tag, you know, a lot of it was, you know, kind of started from conversations that you and I had. So let's dive into, you know, virtual wholesaling. Let's talk about what would you say is the most difficult aspect of virtual wholesaling? Maybe when somebody's getting into a new market, what would be the, the biggest hurdle you think they face first?
1: Yeah it's great to see this kind of come full circle because when you and I first started talking, like there were no programs.
0: Yeah. there's Like
1: like you couldn't take a, like you couldn't pay any money and have someone teach you how to do this. There was a few random books, but Mm -hmm. you know, you and I both got into virtual out of just necessity. Like we just Mm -hmm. had to. Um, And so it's great to see you like create this beautiful program that people can go through and you can teach them how to do this. I mean, that's, that's such an awesome thing. And, Thanks. I'll encourage everybody to sign up for it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm a believer. It's good stuff. Awesome. So for, the, for a newbie wholesaler that's getting into virtual, probably the hardest part is learning how to value a property in a city you're unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't know the layout. You don't know the neighborhoods. You don't really know about how much houses cost. Because most of us can, you know, we can guess about how much a house costs on the street we live on. But if I were to say, hey, you know, I've got a I've got a seller who wants to sell a house in Wetumpka, Alabama. <laughs> um, you know, the the likelihood that anybody knows a where that is or how much real estate is worth there is pretty low. So that's probably the hardest part about getting into virtual wholesaling. Um, and we ran into that right away when we started going into these virtual markets. We developed a, a thing called Go Offer. Lauren was one of the very first people, she actually got to experience it in like super beta, beta, beta version.
0: Beta, yeah, uh, beta, beta, uh, beta mode. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, so she got to kind of test that out with us and, and help us develop that in the very beginning. But we, we took a software and we developed this software that essentially looks at every property in and around the subject property area. So everything in that neighborhood and analyzes it based on every criteria that our artificial intelligence can find. So, I mean, in some areas it can't find a ton of things, you know, bedrooms, bathrooms, square footage, all of that is easy, but it goes as far as saying, does this house have a gravel driveway? Does it have two stories or one story? So it really dives in deep and extracts all of that data and uh, goes through an algorithm and it tells you an offer range based on the condition of the property. So it's, it's, it's very simple. If, if you have an address and you know the basics of the condition of the property, you can know how much to offer the seller uh, within a millisecond. I mean, as soon as you hit search, it'll, it'll give you an offer range to offer the seller. So uh, we tested the product for a full year, and it's worked in every market that we've tried it in. So, so that's, that's usually the, the biggest problem that going into a new market you face is, mm-hmm. is understanding how to comp things. The other thing is just analyzing the market itself and you did a great job in your program describing how to go into that market and how to um, how to analyze a market before you really spend much time. So that's a really, really hard thing to do. And um, it takes us some skill to, to figure that out. Um, but that's 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 it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I definitely know what you mean with both of those things. I have personal experiences that I can share. Um, you know, my first virtual market was Nashville, Tennessee. And I remember telling you, um, I was like, yeah, like I'm building houses in Nashville. And because I, I was, you know, doing ground up construction and Nashville was great for that. It was a developer's market. Yeah. And so I was, I was like, okay, I'll be a developer, whatever, you know, cause I was a house flipper in California. I thought, okay, I could do this. But then I started, you know, wanting to wholesale as well. And that was where I was having a hard time. I was just having a difficult time. It just seemed to be, I use this word competitive. It did seem to be that there were so, like so many wholesalers and so many developers everywhere, just chasing after the same houses and yeah. the same lots. So being that I was out of state you know, a, a seller, the whole neighborhood would be changed by the time the comps, you know, that I could even access comps. Um, I would call a seller up and the seller would go, well, I could just walk outside and go talk to the developer across the street <laughs> because they're building four, you know, units right across the street. I'll just get an offer from them. And nine times out of 10, who's going to win? The guy in front of her or the girl on the phone from California who doesn't yeah. have a Southern accent like, haha! Oh. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> ha. So I lost every time. Um, So I realized that, you know, that wasn't a great market to get into as a virtual investor. And had I had somebody giving me some basic parameters and there's not a lot, I mean, it's not a a whole lot, but it's things that are important. I probably wouldn't have wasted my time to be honest. Like I would have either just stuck with developing homes there. I wouldn't have wasted my time trying to wholesale. So yeah, you're right. I mean, there are some basic things that you and I've kind of discussed over and over again about just what makes a good virtual market. And I do address it, you know, in my course, but you're right too about the, then the second half is once you pick in a market, what's the offer pricing? Like, how do you figure that out? I mean, that is very difficult. And yeah. I, and when I first went to Oklahoma city, I could not figure out how to make offers for the life of me. I mean, I was always offering way too low. All the sellers yeah. were like, no way. And I was like, I don't understand. Like, how could, you know, how could you make any money off of it if I go any higher? And I yeah. realized I was analyzing it completely incorrectly.
1: Yeah. And I, my personal opinion is that the kind of the traditional model for getting to a maximum allowable offer that MAO is broken, you yes. know, because it assumes that, the wholesaler that's talking to this seller knows about construction and knows about how much repairs cost because that's an that's a big significant part of that formula the traditional formula of you know 65% of ARV minus the repair cost minus your fee like that's a big chunk of money and if you if you underestimate or overestimate your repair cost then the deal's dead so right. our stuff our program analytics takes repair costs out of the picture. Right. It's, we treat properties more like commodities, you mm-hmm. know, what I, are I these people,
0: trading for? Yeah. <laughs> right? You know,
1: I, I tell, I tell, I ask people all the time, how much is a big Mac? Like how much is a big Mac? Yeah. It's, it's 399, I think. And I say, well, why is it 399? Well, that's because that's what McDonald's and their billions of dollars in research have figured out. That's the most that somebody will spend on a big Mac. So if we're selling Big Macs or competing with Big Macs, we're going to sell it for roughly three ninety nine. dollars So, so we look at markets and we say, okay, what are the similar houses to this one with every parameter that we can find? What did that sell for? Well, if that one sold for that, then this one should too. And we found that that theory plays out in every market across the country. Mm -hmm. We don't, we don't need to talk about repairs. We don't need to get estimates. We don't need any of that. You know, we, need to be able to isolate the similar properties because that's what an investor already paid for a house just like that
0: exactly it really is just looking i mean i used to do the 70 where for what i always heard was 70 percent minus repairs and then being a flipper in california i had to get even more competitive and i was getting up to like 85 percent minus repairs i mean and make sure i list it myself and like cut every you know cost i could but yeah going into a market like oklahoma city is that which was like my second virtual market i could not figure out how to offer. And you were the one that told me like, no, you just need to see what other buyers are buying at and just minus your wholesale fee you want and make sure I use the word support your narrative to the seller. Make sure you can support your narrative to the seller that, Hey, houses like yours are selling to other investors between Let's give a number fifty-five to sixty-five thousand dollars in your neighborhood. Given the condition of your home, I'm going to offer you, you know, fifty-five. What do you think? And then, you know, I just try to get the seller as low as I can, and hope us, you know, and we'll put it out to the end buyers and see, you know, get a bidding war going, and hopefully we sell it for sixty-five. You know, yeah. don't overthink it. And I, I was, it, it's really, it people are overthinking it. I think with the whole seventy percent minus repairs thing. Yeah. It saves your, you know, your go offer idea. I mean, seriously, it saves so much time for people.
1: And it's not just, it's go offer is a, it's a principle. It's just go offer. Like don't, don't waste time. Don't, don't analyze a deal. Like get your number and go offer. Like that's it. Find as many people as you can get in front of it and offer them that number. And some will say yes.
0: I like that. I didn't realize that that's what it was. It was a principle. I like that. It's true. Yep. Because some people, they really do. You overanalyze what should I offer? What should I offer? And it stops you from actually like just blurting out a number to the seller, you know, yeah. Yep. it's yeah. Don't overthink it. Well, I love that. That's really cool. So Um, Okay. Well, I I definitely got to say, I I really do love the way tag you think and you, you know, a lot of the way you just run your business. Um, One of the things I really love about tag is that everything, every process in his business, he thinks about how can I scale this process? everything that he does is scalable. And, um, so I do love that, you know, with go offer, you thought of that in a way it it probably came out of a necessity because you were training different acquisition managers. And that's really difficult when you're trying to build out a team, how to teach someone, how to value an investment property in a very sophisticated way. Mm -hmm. That's days and days, weeks and weeks of training versus you've came up with a way of you you know, not less sophisticated, but same results, and you're able to hire, and if somebody quits, you can hire someone in their place and retrain them very quickly. Yeah. That's, I really, I really like that about you. How did you come up with those kind of principles or that way about you?
1: Yeah, so it was out of necessity. You know, I'm, I'm a person who, I love processes, so I had to isolate the, like, the requirements of the process. So if it's an acquisition manager, there's really like three, only three or four key things that a good acquisition manager needs to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I isolated those and then created a system that made those four things as simple as possible. You know, the technology to be able to call a lot of people. That's very important. And the ability to give offers very quickly, because if somebody can give offers very quickly, they can deliver a lot of offers. You know, um, and as you know very well, Lauren, like the more offers you give, the more deals you get. I mean, yep. that's just the way it works. So the ability to deliver contracts effectively and get contracts back. Like these are some very key things that that position does and you isolate it and make that as simple as possible in a very linear system. And it works. I mean, you and I, when we started TTP, everybody was opening call centers and hiring a bunch of people to call like right in their office. You know, it, it was it was a little bit different back then, um, but we had to create a system for that. Um, and. We had uh, cold callers typically don't last very long. Um, I lost seven in one week one time. Um, So that was a huge panic moment for me. Mm -hmm. And so at that point I realized I have to have a system in place to where I can hire a cold caller and have them on the phone with sellers in four hours. So, um, so we did that with cold callers, my acquisition managers, I can have them up and running in about a day and a half. So yeah, it's just, it's important to be able to have, simple systems and those can just scale indefinitely
0: yes definitely scalable systems if that's something you know everybody can remember from this episode as yeah. you're building your wholesaling business and growing you know you don't when you're just starting out you don't even think you know you still think small and you're just trying to figure it out but really one day you might have a team underneath you yeah. and you always just start from the beginning with scalable systems so you don't have to like undo things that you've already done Um, so yeah, I know I love that. I'd love, I love a lot of your philosophies. Well, let's talk, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, what is something that, uh, you are super proud of right now? Like, do you have any big successes, wins, maybe like how many deals you ended up closing in 2019? What's something you kind of want to brag about? Let's talk about wins.
1: Yeah, I'm really proud of you, Lauren. Uh, I am. I mean, I really (laughs) am.
0: Um, Other than me,
1: (laughs) no, I'm I'm really proud of you. you. Yeah, the course you've created is impeccable, and it's so well designed. Um, So I'm really proud of you. But um, yeah, I'm I'm proud of the business that I've created. I'm I'm very proud of the fact that you know we've got I'm not sure how many teens of employees here that that we get to provide a good life for, and um, you know I'm, I'm really really proud of that. I'm really proud of Go Offer and yeah. uh, the way it's going to be able to help uh, wholesalers get to that offer number quickly and submit a lot of offers. So um, really proud of all that stuff.
0: So. Yeah. Well, I'm proud of you too. I think go offer is a really, really great idea. So I'm super excited when you're going to, when you launch that, we'll definitely talk more about it, but it's supposed to be launching what next month.
1: Yeah. So um, we are having kind of our first event at the REI live in Atlanta. Um, so if you're in Atlanta and this launch this goes out before then, I know you're not supposed to date your podcast, but uh, if it's in a if you're in Atlanta, uh, February the 20th, okay. uh, live we'll have kind of our official launch there. Um, so that'll be kind of the first opportunity for people to to purchase the product and test it out.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Well, the reason I like to ask about wins is because I like to segue into the next question with which is. Tell us about a time that you lost or you really ate it in this business. Um, I, you know I think everybody loves to talk about how great they are and all yeah. their, you know how many deals they close and how great they're doing. But for a newbie wholesaler who's listening to this, podcast, I think they would all appreciate if you could share a time where you weren't as awesome as you are and you struggled with something in this business. Um, maybe it'd be like a really bad deal. You had a crazy seller that blew up on you, whatever. Share share like a time that it was hard.
1: Yeah. I have it somewhere around here. I have what I call like my learning or my favorite learning HUD or closing statement. Mm-hmm. So we had a deal that uh, we had a $60,000 assignment fee, like six zero thousand, sixty thousand dollars <laughs> fee on. Um, and in the south, that's a pretty big assignment fee. Like we don't get a lot of deals that big. Um, so it was a it was a life changing assignment fee. I mean, a lot of people in our office are commission based, so we had people lined up and, you know ready to get these big commission checks. And uh, ten minutes before closing, we got a call from the buyer, and he backed out. Uh, ten minutes before, he was in the car on his way to the title company, and backed out the last second. So, um, so that was a really, really bad day. Yeah. Um, I mean, walking out of my office and pulling, you know, my support staff, you know, off their desk and saying, "Hey." I know you were expecting a six or $7,000 commission check today, but like that's not, that's not happening. So (laughs) um, so that was a really bad day. So that was a, that was a big, that was a big loss in the end. It was probably our fault. Like we made some mistakes that kind of spooked the sell spooked the buyer at the last minute. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, we had a, a really bad day and then came in the next day and got back to work and we've made, well over a million dollars in assignments since then. So yeah, even though that was a big loss, I would kind of use that to tell people out there, especially a newer wholesaler who maybe you haven't gotten your first contract yet, um, that over the course of your wholesaling career, you will lose deals like Mm -hmm. deals will fall through, but you have to just get back and keep making phone calls and keep giving offers because the good will outweigh the bad. You'll get past the big losses, and the wins will overtake them. And now we laugh about it. We really do. Well, kind of. Uh, we laugh about that loss, but I'm um, laughing. But the loss was powerful. It taught us that even with a big. I mean, that was one of those deals where, like, after it fell through, we were like, "Holy crap! How are we going to make payroll this time? Like, how are we going to?" You know. So, so it taught us a lot about um, the value of of perseverance and just getting back up. So. So yeah that that was that was probably our biggest lost learning moment that we've ever had
0: oh yeah i always say don't count your chickens before they hatch don't do it don't do it i I also say another saying i say is that it was never yours so i always remind myself with a deal i always say it's not yours yet it's not yours till you're holding that check in your hand yeah. So I purposely, I don't get overly involved like in the micro of my business. I'm not really looking at my contracts and saying, okay, well, how much will I make out of that propose? How much is it proposed that we'll make out of that? How much this one, how much I would like, forget it. I I more look at like, okay, what do we have scheduled that's closing? still not even hoping and i don't even count the dollar signs i'm just more like okay how many do we have scheduled and what days kind of thing put them on the calendar just so i can see my calendar has you know closing scheduled and that is a good feeling but i don't know how much those even i don't even pay attention to what's coming in until literally i get a fedex package with the check (laughs) in the mail yeah and then that's when i'm like oh sweet like that was a good one good job guys like you know and and then I let everyone know, hey, this came in and everybody collect your commissions. And we just, we do not count our chickens before they hatch anymore because we've had that exact same experience. Yeah. It's a of passage. It's going to happen. It's going to happen to me again. And it it's. Will.
1: Yeah, it will. absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. We'll have a deal fall through this month.
0: I yep. don't know which
1: one, but we'll have one.
0: One of them. Yeah, totally. It's part of the business. Well, okay, Tag, I, I really we talked about a lot of things and I really want to thank you so much for you know dropping all this really good information for everybody. How's a, a way, if anyone wanted to get a hold of you, how could people get a hold of you? And I'll include it in the show notes.
1: Yeah, so uh Facebook or Instagram are great. Uh if you just search for Tag Thompson, I'm the only one. So yeah. it's easy to find me. Um and that's that's really the best way. Uh you can go to uh let's go offer dot com if you're interested in uh, that software we were talking about, that's another good way as well.
0: Awesome. Awesome. And pretty soon I'll be, I, I will be including, um, go offer in my course and I will probably talk about it. If you guys are following me on Instagram, when tag lets us know that it's being launched I'll for sure. I'll for sure call it out and let you guys know it's ready for you guys to test it out. Um, I'm on Instagram as well. If you guys want to follow me, it's thismomflips.com. That's my handle. Um, and if you guys uh, want to visit my website and you're interested in my coaching program, uh, please go to www.thismomflips.com. Uh, there's a lot more detail in there. I have a cool video you can watch. Um, so definitely stick along for both a tag and I's journey this year. It's 2020 is going to be awesome. It'll be awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Tag, thank you so much, everyone. Thanks for tuning in.